refreshing, delicious and packed with the good stuff. It's The Juice with Louise Wilkinson on Newcastle Live Radio. It is that time. The baby whisperer Natalie Ebrill from Sleep and Settle is back with us on The Juice. Happy Tuesday, Natalie. Good morning, Lou. Happy Tuesday. Now, today we're talking about something that if you've had a baby or you are baby adjacent, you will know about. And it certainly can strike fear into the hearts of uh, a lot of mums out there, but that is teething. Now, I know that you always have some fantastic tips, but we want to get into what teething is all about, when it happens, what we should do about it, because it can be a little bit of a tricky time to navigate as a mum, can't it? Absolutely. Absolutely. And how many times when the baby's crying does everyone say, oh, they're teething? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I think it's a a generic explanation as to why a baby's unsettled. Yes. Yeah, I think yeah. you're right. <laughs> okay, so what does what does teething look like in in your experience? So it's it's really crazy that some babies will actually wake up with a tooth and you didn't know they were even getting them until they bite your finger or they bite down on the breast and you think, Oh hang on, there's something sharp in there. <laughs> but most babies, nine out of ten, I would say have some sort of unsettled days and nights and they have obvious signs of teething and they those signs are currently rosy cheeks, a runny nose, pulling at their ears, biting on everything, you know, their toys and their you know, their fingers or yeah. your finger or your shoulder or anything they can get in their mouth. Their bowel motions get runnier and darker, and then that gives them a nappy rash because there's a bit of a change yeah. in, the, in the bacteria. And you, then they'll probably be demanding more milk feeds, especially if they're breastfed or wanting to feed more often, and not wanting hot foods or foods that are too hard in texture, so they might go off their solids. And then there's the classic swollen gums. As well. Yes, yes, of course. Now, about what age do you do you see teething start to occur? That's a really great question because many clients think that their baby's teething because they've always got their fingers in their mouth, and so some some people, I, I when I'm working with them, say with this three month old, oh my baby's teething, and I say why, and they say oh because they're dribbling and they and they've got their fingers in their mouth, so. It's often handy to appreciate that your baby has an oral phase they go through for the first six months of their life yeah. where everything goes in the mouth. They, that's like a puppy. They're just, is, they're just testing. Can I eat this? Is this food or is it something? But everything's oral. So they all they want everything to go in the mouth and chew it. And when you see a baby lying in a stroller with their toes in their mouth, it's often quite <laughs> funny. But it's like everything goes in the mouth. So... While the baby's teeth are coming through, they can absolutely have little earthquakes and cause them discomfort. So the average age of the teeth actually popping through the gums is seven months. Right. Yeah, and you you are exactly right. I mean, I have heard of uh, parents of younger babies using that as a cue that everything goes in the mouth and they're dribbling. But, mm. yeah, possibly they actually haven't hit, like, teething proper 
yet. No, yeah, they're, they're just tasting. Mm. And they haven't learned how to suck up their dribble yet. Yes. <laughs> So have the have the uh, the towel handy because yeah, there I can remember the dribble on the old bonds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I remember vividly my children when they were getting certain teeth. Usually, the eye teeth are the most painful, mm. the, the compass at the side, and they would have these swollen arms and rosy cheeks and they were just miserable. And then another, their first couple of teeth might pop through without any hassle at all. So every baby is completely different as to how they teeth and the experience of it. And, you know, in my case, when I'm working with families in sleep, we can work with the child before they start teething and then all of a sudden they're not sleeping anymore. But quite often the parents, to me, oh, well, Natalie, my, my child's not sleeping well again now. What's the problem? And then when I help them identify that they're teething, they're quite often surprised. Well, why can't my child sleep through that? So it, it's very helpful to have a realistic view on the last time you've had a toothache yeah. if you sleep. So if we don't know how the child feels, but we have to assume that if they were sleeping well and now they're not and they've got all the signs of teething, that maybe their mouth is really sore and we need to help them because during the day we can distract the child with play and eating and outside inside stroller time. We can distract them away from their pain. But when we're asking them to sleep in a cot by themselves without a pillow for 12 hours, there's nothing else to think about that, ow, my mouth hurts. Yeah, so very true. I think it's important that we have realistic expectations of a baby's ability to sleep through feeding and then also what can we do to help them. Yes, 100%. You're exactly right there. So what can we do as parents? I mean, they're, they're little people. They can't communicate with words yet. We see them being miserable. We will do anything that we can to stop it. Hmm. What are some of the strategies around teething? So we can try the the safe, if you like, the safe drugs on the market, which is Panadol and Nurofen. Mm. Panadol is the safest drug on the market. Now, but at the same time, there would be a limit on how much we gave. So if your child can cope during the day with a little bit of whinging, then we might save the Panadol for going to bed in the night time. Yeah. And we can give that with or without food. And then there's the Nurofen. Now, as with adults, it's important to give neurofen on a full tummy so that because it's aspirin based and we don't want to encourage bleeding in the stomach. Yes. Now, interestingly, we could alternate Panadol and neurofen as long as there's a, a, a feed lined up with the neurofen. Yeah. But in between that, we could also try Bongella or any of the other teething gels. However, it's important to note that Bongella is aspirin based as well so we wouldn't use bonzella at the same time as neurofen because of the likelihood of developing some bleeding in the mouth and see that is just an absolute bombshell i mean that is something that i have learned today so obviously (laughs) yeah obviously uh baby panadol has been the staple for as long as i can remember and baby neurofen is a fairly new thing i guess it's it's only been around for a few years but I did not know that you couldn't use Nurofen and Bongella at the same time together. <laughs> so, so, yeah, 
that's blown yeah. my mind. And I'm quite sure a lot of people out there uh, sort of had it in their head, I guess, the assumption is that baby neurofin is baby neurofin. It, it acts like Panadol. So mm. they probably don't think about the full stomach thing for neurofin yeah. and they mm. also probably don't think that you can't use Bongella and neurofin together. Yeah, fair enough. Mm. Well, they've learnt something new when hopefully they do every week for them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Every week there's something else. As I keep saying, <laughs> I wish you were around when I had my babies. <laughs> now, you know we've touched on numbers before, preservatives, colours and flavours. So another tip is to try and buy colour-free Nufin and Panadol so that we're avoiding those chemicals as well. Because if we're going to be increasing the amount of Panadol and Nufin we're giving the children, you don't want to increase those chemicals. Yes. So that's another tip. Now, if, if parents feel they've given enough neurofin or Panadol and they want to try something else, there's a lovely powder out there that my clients are raving about called Weleda, W-E-L-E-D-A, teething powder, which is homeopathic. Right. And in some cases, the parents get really good results in that. So that's something else that they can try and give whenever they want to, not around food. Yeah. One of my favourite tips is for the parents to buy a mesh sack with a handle that you can buy from the supermarket, any brand, and it actually holds a solid piece of food. And my choice for a teething baby when they win things is to pop in these mesh sacks that they're meant to do on, hold them to on, an apple, a quarter of an apple with a skin on it. So even if the child's not starting solids, they're not going to eat it. They're just using it as a rusk. Yes. But it's apple or you could put a chunk of cucumber in there with a skin on or you could put a chunk of celery in there with a skin on. So rather than eating a, a rusk, which is a processed food and going to make a mess, yep. you could put a chunk of fruit or vegetable in that's appropriate to chew on in this sack and then put it on a dummy clip. And attach it to their clothes, and they can bite and stew down on this piece of food, and it will be the appropriate texture that not hurt their jaw, and then that would help with the pressure in the jaw. Right, that's a fantastic <laughs> tip. I do love that. Um, you know, much more of a, a natural teething rusk. Now, you have also seen some issues with traditional teething rings. I guess there's there's some safety warnings around that. Yes, so if we're using a dummy clip to clip the mesh back with a handle onto the clothing or we're, we're thinking about, I, I know I've seen amber beads on the market for teething. Yes. It's vital that they are not left on the child's body when they're sleeping unattended. There's lots of evidence of them um, breaking and the child choking uh, on the beads. Yeah. Even some of the dummy clips we has been beautiful bright deeds, but we need to consider if this broke. If it broke, would my child choke on this? So we have to think about safety whenever we're giving the child something to chew on, even if it's been packaged and sold as a feeding product. You're right. And I have noticed a lot of uh, it's very trendy to have those things with beads on them the natural beads or mm. the uh or the the pastel colored beads it's very very mm. in 
at the moment. But you are yeah. exactly right. If that broke, it, it is a it is a massive choking risk. Yes. So we just want to look after the little ones. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely we do. And you've given us some fantastic insights into how we can manage teething. And it's something that every parent goes through. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And uh, we just want to let everybody know that you're not alone. But I think you've blown my mind today, Natalie. There's been some fantastic uh, tips and tricks there that are going to help parents out there. And I really thank you for bringing this to our attention once again on The Baby Whisperer. Now, if people wanted to get in contact with you and they were having issues that they wanted to talk about with teething or sleep or play or feeding, how can they reach out to you? best place would be my website, sleepandsettle.com.au. Excellent. Natalie, thank you once again for being our baby whisperer here on The Juice. That was Natalie Eberl from Sleep and Settle.